Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Hey, well, welcome to church. My name is Keith. I'm the pastor here. So glad that you were here. Um, if you're here to, as family, I can see some of you here to celebrate child dedication today. We're just so happy that you're with us and, and uh, hope that you just get a lot out of, out of today. Um, if you have your Bible, let's open up to 1 Peter chapter 2 and read the Bible, read some scripture. We are a Bible-believing church here. We're a scripture-preaching church. We live by this word. We believe in this word. And, um, and I just want to start off by reading and letting you know kind of where we're going to head today. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. This is Peter, and this is the apostle Peter. This is the one who Jesus came to after his resurrection and said, Hey, Peter, your name means rock, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter was all about his church. Peter loved to build the church. He loved to talk about the church. And so these are his words in, in, um, in chapter two, verse nine. It says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I've said this over the last couple of weeks, but you need to understand that today, if you're saved and you gave your life to Jesus, the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you did not just solidify your place in heaven, but you also joined a family here on earth. You actually, Scripture teaches us that you got grafted in, that you got adopted in. And here Peter is letting you know, when you were an unbeliever, you were not a people. But now that you believe in Jesus, now you're a people. Now we are the people of God. Notice in this Scripture, he does not say that, that, that you are a chosen person. Now we are. But he says we're a chosen people. He doesn't say we're a a royal priest. He says we're a royal priesthood. He he goes on to point out that we are a nation and a holy nation at that. You know, as as I was preparing this week and asking the Lord where to go in uh, in the next couple of weeks, I I thought that I was going to kind of get off this subject of spiritual family and kind of head in a different direction. But I really felt just prophetically um, from the Lord that we're supposed to stay here that we're supposed to continue to talk about spiritual family. And just before I go any, any further and any deeper, um, just to kind of share what spiritual family is to me, what I mean by spiritual family is your family in the spirit. It's your brothers and your sisters in Christ. It's your, it's, it's your mothers and your fathers in Christ. It's the, one that you, it's the ones that you come to church with. It's the people around you today. It's, it's the family outside of your natural family. You see, as, as a group in here today, we're a part of what we call a spiritual family called Renew Life Church. But we're not just a part of this family. We're actually a part of the Global C, Big C Church. And we're a part of all, all believers all around the world. They are our spiritual family. In fact, there are multiple scriptures where God says, hey, pray for those, especially those in the faith. Especially for those other believers. 
This is not that we don't care about the world or we don't care about the ones who really need help, but there's a special thing about being a part of a people group. Do I have any Texas Tech fans in here? Raise your hand. All right, most of you. Do I have any Texas Longhorn fans in here? Raise your hand. All right, we got a couple people. I see you. Uh, any A&M fans in here? Raise your hand. Nobody. Okay, we got one. One, one in the very, very back. Any Dallas Cowboy fans? Wow. By faith in Jesus' name. That's what that is. Yeah, we have, we have you, you know what it's like. You know what it's like to be a part of a people. You know what it feels like to be a part of a team. You know, it's, you, everyone around this town, they walk into church like with their, their chest stuck out, their head up when tech's doing good in football season. They're just proud. They don't know what they're proud of. They're just proud. I'm coming to church. God's going to bless me today because the Raiders won. <laughs> we know what it's like to be a part of a people. And what I need you to hear me say today is you are the people of God. We're the, we're the people of God. Think about what it means to be on that team. Think about the blessing that it means to be a part of a family. This is what spiritual family really is. I believe that that can be kind of a big concept. I would argue to some of you today that in order to be a part of the big C church, you need to be a part of, part of a little C local church. Because when it comes to family, Family exists in close quarters, doesn't it? You really experience family when you're close. You experience family when you get real. You experience family when you let people into the crap that's going on in your life. You experience family when you can ask, when you actually have someone you know by name and you can go to them and ask them to pray for you. You see, we're a chosen people. We're a, a royal priesthood. Today, I don't necessarily want to share some new revelation to you today. As much as what I'm believing for is that this, this thing called spiritual family gets so deep down on the inside of you that you don't just know it, you start to experience it. That you start to actually experience what it's like to have spiritual family. That you believe in it so much that you actually put faith in it. That you put faith into spiritual family. Like your faith is in it. You actually believe in it so much. You put your faith in it. And not only that, you expect a reward from it. I want you to think about faith like this for just a second. Let's say you have a chunk of money. Anybody receive that today? You just got a chunk of money. And you have, you know, five or six good investment ideas. And you want to invest this money. You put money into one of those investments. Why do you put money into a certain investment? Because you expect a return and you expect a reward. You know what it does no good for you to do? To keep your money and look at all the investments and be like, man, I bet all, I bet all those will crush. Man, that would be amazing if someone could do that. Whatever. You reap no benefit knowing about the investments. You only reap the benefit when you put your money into it. Come on. See, faith, in order for you to get something out of spiritual family, you have to put your faith into it. You got to sow into it. And can I just say this? You should put your faith into spiritual family expecting a return, expecting a reward, because Scripture teaches there is one. I want this to get in us. I want us to experience it, because truth be told, 
I look at the church, and I'll say it this way. We, could, we have some growing up to do when it comes to functioning and living in spiritual family. I don't think that we get it all the way. There's a lot of people that, and I'm not saying this to shame or condemn anyone, but there's a lot of people that they, they, they think they're good by coming to church on Sunday and going right back home and never seeing anybody again until the next Sunday. And that can be good for some time for those who are new to the faith and everyone's on a journey. So I know all that. Let me say that as a disclaimer, but there is so much more than church on Sunday. There is so much more to family. Family is so much bigger than me in this pulpit. I've done this for too long to know. 10, 11 years of preaching to know that 30 minutes of you listening to what I have to say, knowing you're gonna capture about five minutes of it is not going to change your life. There can be moments and experiences. I'm actually, I repent for that. That's actually not true. There are moments that it can change your life. That's actually true. But you know what I'm trying to say. It's a small piece of, of the pie. This is a degree of family, but it is not all a family. No, it's the ones that you're sitting next to, the ones that you go to home church with, the ones that you do life with. Those are the ones that, that, that that's family. That's where discipleship and everything happens. It happens right there. We, so, so we've got to learn how do we live like that? Coming to church on Sunday and, and never showing back up till the next or the two later I won't point you out. Too later. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's just not going to do it. <clears throat> oh, but when we invest in spiritual family, it will. So today, I kind of want to dive into that and really talk about how to live in spiritual family. I want to title the message, Honor, Receive, and Reward. Would you pray with me? God, we just invite you into this message. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead me, to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us. We just open up our heart and our spirit, our soul to receive all that you have for us today. And we do it in faith, in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know what I think we need to bring back from our childhood and bring it back into our adult life? You know what I think we need to bring back? Peer pressure. I love peer pressure. I was so good at peer pressure. Anybody else good at peer? Anybody else was good at pressuring your friends to do stuff? Yeah, I see you out there. See, I was, I was kind of the guy that I loved. I, I loved to risk it. I was kind of the, that daring person um, jumping off the cliff into the water, jumping off the roof onto the ground, jumping off the roof onto the trampoline, jumping off the roof onto the trampoline into the pool like that. That's where it's at right there. Like just, I, I would love to just kind of do that daring stuff. Um, I, I remember though that I, I realized early on that my friends were not like me all the way. There were a couple, but most of them didn't like to do that stuff. They did not like to jump off stuff. They were afraid of heights. They did not like to get on the roof. Oh, but guess who their friend was? Me. And guess what I would say? Just get up on the roof. You don't have to jump if you don't want to. All the while knowing, oh, I'm going to push them off. <laughs> I'll get them off that thing. Trust me. <clears throat> and I would just, I, I, would convince, I, would, I would convince my friends to do almost anything. And that's how I knew I was called to be a pastor. <laughs> just good at peer pressure, you know what I'm saying? It just works well in this profession. <clears throat> and uh, not only that, I, 
I rem- anybody just given in to peer pressure before? You've done something that you did not want to do because you got pressured, all right. <clears throat> I uh, was not only good at peer pressure, but I also was very easily um, made to do things by it as well. I was very easy, easily influenced. In fact, I would admit to you today, church, that I'm still easy to peer pressure. My staff knows this about me. All they have to do to get me to do something is just slowly start chanting my name and start a slow clap. (laughs) That's all it takes. If I hear Keith, 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 I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Yes, yes, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. They use it against me too, so please don't. I just got vulnerable. Don't use it against me, all right? (laughs) Be done, be done, be done, pastor. Stop preaching, stop preaching. Keith, Keith, no, I'm kidding. You know, peer pressure got kind of this bad rap, but can I just say that it's not all the way bad? In fact, I would like to invite peer pressure back into the church. I know if you're a parent in here today, you would not mind if your kiddo had a friend in school that peer pressured them to read their Bible every day, would you? See, as spiritual family, we should have an environment and a culture where we actually peer pressure each other to do good. I'm using that term to relate, but what I'm saying is spiritual family looks like us living so close to one another that we encourage one another to do good for the gospel that we encourage one another to risk it, that we encourage one another to do the right thing with our money, that we encourage one another to step up, that we encourage one another to find healing, that we encourage one another to rest. Whatever that thing is, spiritual family, that's, that's actually what it looks like. But can I just give you, here, here's the catch today. Here's, here's the only way this will work. It will only work if you let it. The only way spiritual family begins to influence our life is if we actually choose to let it. The X factor, the kicker to this whole thing is it's actually up to you. I'll say it this way. The, the level that you can be influenced is, the level, is, is, is at the same level that you receive those who can influence you. It's your, the, the influence that you receive, it's, it's, you gotta let it. You gotta let it happen. You gotta receive it. You got, you got to accept people. And the level that you accept and receive people is the level that you'll be influenced. There, there's, there's nobody that can make that decision for you. There's no one that can make you get discipled. There's no one that can really make you do anything. But can I just say this about spiritual family? If you're actually in it, you should be able to look in your life right now and somebody should be influencing you. Somebody should be affecting you. And I just got to say this, you don't get to use me. If you were to look in your life, I know that 80% of y'all are here for the worship and you just sit through this part, right? You can't, like, the pastor doesn't count in this analogy and in this example. If you take this, this, this place out, is there anyone in this family that is influencing you? Because if you're truly in spiritual family, you'd be able to say yes.
I don't say that to bring guilt. I say that to bring um, enlightenment. Of course, oh man, is this, is this really happening in my life? Jesus said the, these statements in Matthew chapter 10. He was talking about what it looks like to let someone influence you and to actually receive people. And he's talking to his disciples. This is when he just has sent them out two by two. And he makes an amazing statement here. He's talking about himself. um, And he's talking to the disciples. In, In Matthew 10, verse 40, he says this. He who receives you, disciple, receives me. He who receives you, receives me. And then he goes on and says, and he who receives me, Jesus, receives him who sent me. Before he sent the disciples out, he looked at them and said, anyone who receives you, it's the same as receiving me as Jesus and the Father God. That's a a big statement. Like, here's what that means for you and me. It means that when people receive us, they receive Jesus. I'm going to let that one sit there because I'm like, are you sure, Pastor? When they receive you, they, they, they have enabled themselves to receive the Jesus that is in you, to receive the God that is in you, to receive the gift that is in you. And just so Jesus would make sure that we did not just think, oh, this is just the disciples or, or they just received me. He goes on to say in verse um, 41, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Notice what gets the reward active in your life. You receiving the person. In order for the gift, in order for the wisdom, in order for the anointing, in order for the experience, in uh, in order for the, the favor that someone else carries to actually begin to influence your life, what that will take is it will take you receiving them. It will take you receiving their gift. It will take you receiving their wisdom. It will actually take us as the body of Christ, it will take us being to, uh, to, to be able to see people in the spirit in spite of their flesh. Did you know that we're all spiritual beings in here? And we actually have the ability to see people in the spirit. Who they are in the spirit. What that, what that looks like in just everyday life and what that means, I'll make it really, really simple. You ever just ran into someone and you're like, oh my goodness, they are, they're just a leader. Like you can just see leadership on them, right? Anybody? No one's, no one's responding. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, just making sure. <clears throat> you're actually seeing that person in the spirit. You're, see, you're seeing a gift of leadership on their life. Anybody, you've been in church world long enough that you can spot a prophetic person, no doubt, easy? You can just see them coming? No? Anybody, you just tell like, oh yeah, that beard so means you're prophetic. You hadn't taken care of that thing in eight weeks. (laughs) You look a little bit weird, probably prophetic. Watch out, he's coming, here she comes. You're picking up on who people are in the spirit. One of the things we're called to connect to and the, the way that we receive is we begin to honor those 
we begin to honor who people are in the spirit. I learned this from Braden. There's just, we, begin to, we begin to keep people, uh, keep that honor that we have for them. And here's, here's, what we'll, here's what family will do. You'll get closer to these people and you'll begin to see more of their flesh. I'm trying to teach you how to live in spiritual family. You'll get closer to people and you'll start to see their flesh. Even though you see their flesh, their spirit is still the same. I'm not saying that we don't, uh, <clears throat> that we don't have a, a value for character. 100% we do. And people doing the right thing and controlling their mouth and do, being morally right, all that is 100% scriptural. But in family, what we will see is we'll begin to see the nastiness and we will begin to see the dirty. And one of the, the ploys of the enemy and one of the greatest mistakes that we can make is that we get too familiar with the people that we, become, we get around and we don't honor who they are in the spirit. And we actually begin to miss out on what they carry. We begin to miss out on the gift that is on their life. Is this making sense? See, honor the prophet Receive the prophet and you'll get the prophet's reward. Isn't it interesting that in this scripture, Jesus even points out that they're a prophet? It's like he wants you to see the gift. He wants you to see who they are in the spirit. He wants you to see who he's made them to be. This is, I hope that you're beginning to see how valuable it is to be connected to the body. Like this is what's available. All the gifts that are in this room are available to you through connection. See what I'm really talking about today is I'm talking about a little thing called honor. You wanna know the best way to receive someone is that you honor them. There's something about honor. When you begin to honor them, and honor who they are in God and honor the giftings in their life and their, the anointings. When you begin to honor them, all of a sudden, the, the things that are in them, they, they will get on you. You'll start to receive from them because you can tell everybody in here has experienced someone that has honored them. They don't even have to say it and you know that they honor you. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about because they value what you say they listen to what you're saying. They, they, you can feel. When I come up and talk to you, you can tell if I, if I really want to know what you have to say. I can tell when someone comes up to me and they're really listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth. I can tell. I can tell when there is honor there. And honor is the very thing that it's not only good for you, it's actually good for the person that you're honoring. Because you know what it does? It actually yanks and pulls stuff out of them they didn't even know was in there. And I know this may sound foreign to you, and it may sound weird, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care, like it's actually true. Here, here's the thing, if you will come here, now I'm not asking for your honor, I'm, but when you, you will come here and honor the teaching and honor me as a pastor, and you'll actually come ready to receive, I will preach better. I will. So what I'm really saying is if the message stinks, it's your fault. <clears throat> no, but there's something that happens when that honor is there. Here at Renew Life Church, you need to know one of our core values is honor. 
and we don't just believe in honor coming up. I need you to hear me today. We believe in 360 degree honor. We honor up, we honor down, we honor sideways, we honor all around. We honor one another. I'll never forget learning this. Do, we, do I have any um, bird hunters in here? Anybody like to hunt birds? Okay. <clears throat> um, anybody, any of you have dogs? Yeah? Sweet. Okay. So if I mess this up, don't tell nobody, all right? Because I'm about to act like I know what I'm talking about. You ready? One of the things that they, um, they teach, like bird dogs and pointer dogs, is they'll take them out to hunt with them, and those, those dogs will actually begin to point out where the birds are. They can smell them. They'll, they'll point out a single bird or a covey of birds. And, and if it's a good, it's a well-trained dog, <clears throat> what they'll do is when they, when they catch that scent, they'll actually point where that bird is. It's really, really cool. If you've never seen dogs do this or watch the video, I mean, they'll be walking and when they catch a scent of something, they just stop. And I mean, their tail goes straight back and their nose just goes forward and they just point. Most of the time you go hunting with two dogs. And the second dog, you know what they're trained to do? They're actually trained to do something called honoring the point. They honor the point. Which means this, these two dogs will be walking along and if one of them catches scent and starts to point, the other one will stop as soon as he sees that other dog and it will honor that dog's point. And without smelling the bird and without knowing where it's at, it, it will have so much trust in the other dog that it will point to the exact same thing that it's pointing at. In fact, when you're training the dogs, if the dog behind gets so excited and runs past the dog who's already pointing, it'll get disciplined for not honoring the point. I don't know if that touches your heart or means anything to you. That is honor. You say, well, can you bring that out of doggy world and into my, my life and make that make sense? Yeah, just give me a moment. <clears throat> what that means is that when you walk into a room and you're hanging out with spiritual family and you realize someone else has got the word and you don't, you honor it. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't get it, even if you don't understand it, even if it ruffles your feathers just a little bit. But you, you, you get in family and you go, you, you, you have a sense of what the Lord is on. You can tell the Lord's on it. And they begin to speak and they begin to talk about something. And all of a sudden, everyone else may be around and you just start to point at the thing they're pointing at. I'm gonna talk about what you're talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean into this one who's, who's on something. Oh, he's picked up on something. She's picked up on something. As family, I'm going to honor it and I'm going to lean into it. Beautiful picture. We just begin to honor one another. <clears throat> you know, um, Braden, our senior pastor, and him and his wife, Leanne, obviously founded Renew Life Church. And <clears throat> one of the things that I've realized about Braden is, is he's an amazing connector. He has connections, um, like amazing connections in the world of ministry. He just, they feel, I feel like they both just know everyone. 
and the Lord has just favored him like unbelievably well when it comes to, to connection that it comes to pastors. I mean, the guys that you're listening to that we all listen to on podcasts, Braden's got a connection with them, most of them. And the Lord has just favored him. Now, as someone who is under him, kind of someone who is, is his right-hand man and, and following him, it would be very, very easy for me to think that I have to be him and I have to become him. Oh, what success in ministry looks like is someone who is able to have good, is great connections with powerful people, great connections with those who are high up, great connections with those in ministry. And it'd be very, very easy for me to get into the mindset and be like, oh, that's what I need to become. That's what I need to do. But can I just be super honest with you? That favor is not on my life. I ain't got it. Right now, unless the Lord opens that door, then he can. But right now, I'm not making those connections. But here's what I'm trying to say. Guess Guess who I know? I know Braden. Guess who I'm connected to? I'm connected to the one who's connected to all the others. I do have a connection. And I've seen this in my life. All the, uh, most of the connections that he has, guess who now has those connections? Me. See, Braden thinks I'm working for him. He's working for me. <clears throat> but I've leaned into his gift. I've honored his gift. And the very connections that I so desire have actually become some of mine. Can I set you free today? You don't have to become everything. You don't have to become everything. You probably won't become everything. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of today. Become who God has called you to become and just connect to the rest. Become who he's called you to become and connect to the rest. You want some more prophetic going on in your life? Connect to someone who's prophetic. You you want healing in your life? Connect to someone who has a gift of healing. You want more faith in your life and you, you struggle in faith? Just connect to someone who has faith. Don't sit around thinking, why do I have no faith? Why can't I seem to have the faith of him or her? Why can't I seem to have that gift of prophecy? Just start out here. Just be who you are and just connect to someone who's got it. Connect to that gift. That should set you free today. That should set you free today. Are we called to grow in the kingdom and grow spiritually? Absolutely. Say yes to everything he leads you to do. Oh, but man, the fact that I don't have to become it all. Are you seeing the opportunity here? Are you seeing the team that's around you? You want to know why preachers and pastors and we teach identity so much? It's because it actually takes you being secure in who you are for you to be able to connect to someone else. It takes, it takes some security. Because truth be told, when you get around people who have something that you don't have, it makes all of us insecure. We all get insecure about it. And if we're not careful, we'll get jealous and we'll start comparing. Guess what jealousy and guess what comparison does? It puts a divide and it puts a wall between you and that person. 
it's like you're tapping into just like 10% of what they got. You get rid of that thing. Oh man. Their connections become your connections. Become who God has called you to be and connect to the rest. I simply want to encourage you today as I close to start connecting and honoring the people around you. You say, what do I do with this message? What's, what's my next step? Start connecting and honoring the people that are around you. Take people out to lunch. Go to dinner with one another. Invite someone over. Go have fun. Go have some fun. Go watch a game together. Have a meal together. Have a nice bottle of wine together. Yeah, I said it. What's up? <clears throat> like, let's do life. You cannot learn how to do spiritual family unless you put your faith in it. And faith looks like going, yeah, I'll come over. Faith looks like, all right, I'll go to lunch even though I don't like that place. Faith lo looks like inviting that person over. <clears throat> let's begin honoring and receiving one another. I think one of the best ways we can do this is we can start serving one another. We just serve one another. All the people that make this place happen on a Sunday, in fact, let's just stop. Can we give them a big hand clap today? All the ones taking care of our kids back there. <clears throat> Some of you are sitting in the audience today. They're ser you're, serving, you're serving your body. You're serving them by opening the door, handing out communion, taking care of the kids, being at guest services, ushering here, cleaning up, all that. You know what you're actually doing? You're honoring, you're honoring those around you. That's what you're doing. You're bringing honor to the people. And you may not have known that. You may be like, oh, I didn't know I was, I was honoring anybody. Well, you are <laughs> by default. And that's great. And you're gonna reap the benefit. You're actually gonna reap the reward. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.